This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Well, we popped up here into Arnold to Mother's Peninsula Grill with George Young with DCMDVA Weather. How are you doing, man? Doing well. Just got my booster yesterday and left arm is sore, even though I'm left-handed. I went with the left arm. and uh, But uh, doing well. It's a, it's a winter-like day outside today as we sit here. It's get it's getting chilly. It is definitely getting chilly in the couple of mornings I've been out. I'm debating whether I should switch my walk from shorts to sweatpants. So it's, uh, it's about that time. But uh, of course, everybody knows you uh, pretty much every day, Monday through Friday. The weather forecast, which is always pretty much spot on for Annapolis, as we've done in the summer, uh, coming into like a hurricane season, as well as other times. We wanted to sit down and touch base with you and see what we could figure out. Uh, if you had any ideas for what's going on with um, a winter forecast, because winter, whether we like it or not, is here or is coming. Anyhow, I guess it's not technically here yet. Yeah, no, it's uh, well, let's see. Uh, meteorological winter starts technically December 1st and then solstice winter is the 21st kind of thing. So there's all these moving targets, but it's on the way for sure. And, uh, you know, winter outlooks or any long range outlook is kind of goofy but also fun to tap into any long-range outlook is is a little goofy because um it, it you're going by kind of historical averages and some other things that are you know current data so uh at this point i was thinking about it yesterday the you know we have a, a few different outlooks how, what's the temperature going to be like every year and at this point the the annual forecast would be it'll be above average right if, if right. we talk about averages we did our uh, tropical storm hurricane outlook you know and and that was an easy one above average number of named storms and and that, and it was. that laid out it used up the entire alphabet this year and and uh, clearly we we had uh, some impacts here with um, uh, Ida was the one that brought the EF2 tornado to West Street right. you know that was from a, a tropical system and with winter outlooks it's almost the same thing it's almost a pre-predictable thing of below average snowfall now you, you look at one main thing or I do at least and, and forecasters do um, of all types which is what's going on in the Pacific Ocean, and is it El Nino or La Nina? So an El Nino year means conditions in the, the sea surface temperatures are above average. They're warmer temperatures, and a lot of times that indicates a, a more active, snowier pattern in the eastern United States. The opposite is a, a La Nina year where um, it's, dry. it's uh, drier and warmer, and that is uh, what is in place this year. That means less snowfall. For the eastern U.S. Last year was a La Nina winter, and this is measured by lots of different measurements through uh, NOAA. And so this is a La Nina year. Using that one thing, it, it's below average. But it, but it also doesn't mean, I mean, if you're talking about averages, I mean, that doesn't mean that we couldn't get one inch snowfall and that would be it. That's it. And usually <laughs> that's the kind of the ultimate end game for every winter here is it doesn't really matter what the long range outlook is and what historical averages are. You need one pocket of cold air and one correct storm track to give you, you know, let, let's face it, if we had one 15-inch snowfall, that's that's an average season right there in one one storm. So we always look for the, the one storm or two storms here. Uh, we almost never seem to get a winter in which we have multiple six- and eight-inch storms. You know, it's just we just don't seem to. It's, well, the last it's all one was back in, what, 2010? Well, I think somewhere around there we had those back-to-backs. Uh, we had three blizzards in the 2009-2010 winter. Yeah. That was uh, great. That was the all-time record uh, snowfall uh, winter. And it was then, funny. I was talking to Chris Phipps, who's the director of public works for Anne Arundel County, about that winter. And I said, you know, that's what I want. And he said, 
in more subtle terms, he said, you need to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's a guy who's got to plow the roads and figure, That's right. yeah, figure no, out that how was, to get the fire trucks there and everything else. That was but, active. That was uh, December 19th. First blizzard of the three brought, you know, 15 to 25 inches. And then we had those uh, two in one week in February of 2010. And off we went. But the last real big storm here was uh, January like 23rd or something like that of 2016, which really set the all-time record for a single storm, I believe, and at least maybe measured at BWI. But that was a 25 to 30 inch I snowfall. That. I remember that one. And since then, not much. Not that we haven't had even a double digit snowfall, but it's been, they've been few and far between. So we are due. I don't personally think it's going to come this winter, maybe next, but it just takes one. But so given that we're now five plus, uh, it'll be six years removed once we get into January, then we're due, right? Because typically on average, every maybe four to six years, we have that larger snowfall. And so uh, it could happen. Uh, there's no real indicator. There's no great snowpack. Uh, so outside of the equatorial Pacific, especially the eastern half of the Pacific, looking at sea surface temperatures, you look at, you know, how much cold air is built up to the north and west of us. So how much is kind of over Canada and Alaska? It's been fairly cold, but nothing great. Uh, And how much snowpack is in the northern U.S.? Because if the temps are colder and the ground is cold because of snowpack, it just helps more cold air come here. And we need cold air more than anything to produce snow without cold it's just always going to be rain so those early indicators they're just not there yet even as we're kind of you know in nearing the end of no- november here with our, our out- outlook so nothing stands out everything shows it to be a, a la nina winter which it is deemed to be that in progress from noah and um so, so expectations is, are low <laughs> so this is this is year three where i'm not going to be using my snow boots it has been uh, uh, year after year, right? And really, ever since we started doing the uh, Daily News Brief podcast, uh, we haven't really had a big one, that's for sure. We've, we've had some activity. It's been hit and miss, but our winters have been lackluster. So maybe we're the, uh, we're the new reason for the D.C. Annapolis snow hole. And last year was a real fragmented winter. It, um, you know, it came out below average. We had a bunch of one and two inch snowfalls, a lot of crusty kind of ice and snow well, that's, mix. That's something that we that we probably should talk about is that and and Maryland is an embarrassing state to live in if you've ever lived in a state that has any kind of snow um, because of our reaction to snow. Uh, you mention snow on a forecast and the schools are starting to cancel immediately. And if there's an inch on the ground, this area just loses their freaking minds. Yeah. Uh, federal government's got the the what do they call them? Relaxed work days or whatever they call them. And all yeah. the government leave. Yeah. You know, you know, the whole nine yards. And it's like, you know, I talk to people that live in snow areas and they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I know it's embarrassing, isn't it? But we do, we aren't prepared for, you know, giant snows like they see up in new England or out, out in the Midwest sometimes. But we do need to also be very careful about it. I mean, we are dealing with colder temperatures. We're dealing with ice driving. I mean, what are some of the, the tips to keep, pretty much safe as we navigate through even even a in my opinion a cruddy week winter yeah even in a cruddy week winter it just takes that that one little one or two inch thing and a lot of times that makes it uh, even slicker especially when ice is involved so have blankets in your trunk you know one or two blankets is always nice maybe an extra set 
of uh, hat and gloves, that kind of thing, just just to to have back there. Uh, uh, you know, a scraper of some sort. Probably a little too much to to have a full fledged shovel in your trunk as you're driving around. But if you can have something that helps you dig out a little bit, if you end up in a weird spot, uh, some type of flare system and you can get these kits that are prepackaged kits or you can kind of pep boys or something like that yeah absolutely or online or you can cobble it together with uh, some different things and you know one thing that's always really good to have throughout the winter are those hand warmers that you can kind of activate uh because look especially it's it's dark more hours than not this time of year as we get into early march so the last thing we all want is that that incident where you know we're driving at whatever 10 p.m. or 5 a.m. It's still dark and you slide off the road and you're in a bad spot for a or few hours. It could just be a car malfunction too. Could just be a car malfunction and you're in a bad spot. You you know no one can see you. It's cold. It might somehow be a long duration thing that you didn't expect. You forgot to charge your cell phone and you know all of those things. So another thing to have would be like a portable battery. Okay. You know? Now speaking of that, I just saw this and the company Zag was makes like the the glass protectors for your phone if you go to their website they have some another brand of battery chargers i can't remember the name of it but they have one that was really cool it was very expensive it was like 179 maybe 200 dollars. okay but it had a typical ac thing so you could plug in a computer you could plug in something or other to power you know the three-prong ac It had the USB-C and the USB-A's to charge whatever gizmos that you want to do there. It had a built-in flashlight as well. And I can't remember how many milliamps it had, but this is the cool thing. It had probes that you could take out, and you can actually put it on your car battery, and it will jumpstart your car. Oh, wow. And the thing is about the size of probably two decks of cards or something like that. So, I mean, it's awesome. Looks good. Thanks. Thanks. I think we're good. Thanks. All right, we're trying out Mother's new cheesesteak. It's not new to them, it's new to me. And I'll tell you, this thing looks darn good. So we're going to take a quick pause while I wolf this one down. Oh, man, that was a good cheesesteak. Actually, you know what? I'm a cheesesteak snob, and I like to try different places that have good cheesesteaks. And um, this one gets a thumbs up for me here at Mother's. And, And I was telling you when we weren't recording, but that their kitchen is entirely scratched. So, I mean, they don't have a lot of pre-pre-prepared stuff and um, good place up here. Although I do have to laugh at the menu that it says, when you look at the wings, it says uh, MP for market price. And I'm like, who would have ever thought we lived in a world, usually it's like lobster or some kind of caviar or some some kind of crazy fancy food that says market price. And who would have thought that we're here at Mother's and the wings are market price? For wings. I wonder why, was there a shortage? Was that the... Stupid COVID. Yeah. There's uh, some, you know, I... I I, th- I think it's probably has to do with the poultry processing plants because I believe that's a very physically close-knit process, you know, to pick the wings and, and chop and do whatever they do, that they have to now spread it apart and do it. I don't think there's a shortage of chickens. You know, I've seen that in a number of places. I was at another place up in Crofton, and eight wings was like 16 bucks or something like that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. Yeah, hopefully, knock on wood, that'll be uh, done pretty soon. But the cheesesteak is thumbs up. And... Cheesesteak is thumbs up. French fries are thumbs up. Diet is thumbs down. So that's you know, we'll call it, we'll call it a two call out of three. It's okay. Call call it a win there. Yeah. So, but yeah, no. The uh, we were talking before the food came about that battery thing, and I thought it was like really very cool because it's a good safety thing to have into the car, and and just stupid things. I guess you want to make sure that you've got a little bit of extra air in your tires. That's uh. The air thing was really the last thing to kind of add 
to the mix, which is you can have a really small kind of compressor that you keep in the trunk that you plug into, you know, the cigarette lighter Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, Gives you immediate ability, the immediate ability to pump up your tires. And it, it just came in handy the other day. I happened to have one and was at my kid's gymnastics practice. And we came out and one of the parents, other parents said, oh, no, I have a flat tire. And I went, not to worry, you know, and, and so the, the tire needed some help. But George it, runs into the phone booth, it was rips right, his shirt yeah. off. <laughs> and someone else pulled up and said, oh, no, you, you had a flat tire. And then they looked, you know, kind of uh, oddly and said, did you have a compressor in your car? Like, yeah, it's just in the trunk. It's real small, right? And so uh, pumped it up to whatever PSI and off they went and got them home, you know. So that's all it takes. That and the battery. But the battery is huge to be able to jump, especially in the winter, your your car battery and anything that kind of stands out with flares or, you know, of course, we can use our cell phones. But uh, th- those are the things to prepare, you know, but uh, certainly stay warm and, you know, have a coat and, and a blanket in the trunk and those other things and should be able to handle just about any situation and sure well last year you did a contest for the first snowfall and we were a little bit delayed on getting this winter podcast out yeah um and thankfully it hasn't snowed yet so that contest is still available now this year i understood that you were giving away a a real ferrari is there yes. any truth to that yeah it's a uh you know matchbox size but it's real it's uh <laughs> tangible um, yeah, we'll, we'll do another one. I, I, we kind of, you know, a little later than we, we normally would maybe for this. Not too much, but could also see that nothing was really coming. So I knew knew we had some time. But we'll do another contest, and uh, we'll see what the, the prize will be this year. Um, but, yeah, well, I think, um, you know, uh, we're, we're, we still have probably a few weeks to, to get it in place. There you go. Well, DCMDVA weather is where you want to go on Facebook. Facebook and um, Twitter at this point, and that, that's the, the name for each one is at DCMDVA Weather. And uh, we, we took our website down recently. It's about to go back up. It will be at uh, or uh, DCMDVAweather.info instead of .com. So uh, should have that done pretty soon, hopefully just after Thanksgiving, and go from there. But it'll be back up, and our app is still in play from the Apple and Google App Store, which is... DCMDVA weather is all you have to search for. One of the ones on my home screen. Annapolis, as we've talked about in the past, is a very unique place. Just we got a lot of number of different things that do impact the weather that either bring it in or keep it away or make it milder or more severe or anything else. And that's the benefit of having somebody that is local here as opposed to somebody that lives in Shrewsbury, Pennsylvania, that's trying to forecast what's going on down here. And you're not forecasting for Shrewsbury, Pennsylvania either. No, so. just uh, just uh, the region, the D- DMV region, right? So D.C., Maryland, and Northern Virginia. Uh, it does help to have local knowledge for any forecaster anywhere, and any you know certified broadcast meteorologist or otherwise. Uh, you know they move around from market to market, and you instantly can go into a market and, and forecast fairly accurately based on just knowledge of what you're doing, your your subject matter. You know, it helps to have a feel for what's going on, and, and we have it here. And in in weather, it's uh, I mean, in normal everyday life, we all look for analogies to kind of help bridge the gap of what we're learning. And in weather, it's analogs, right? Same thing, but they look at analogs. So they, especially in winter, no one cares in the summertime. Uh, it comes up, and you know, if you say it's going to be a half inch of rain today, and we get three inches of rain with significant flooding, people go, "Oh, well, that's oh, well. just the way." And, and no one cares. No one posts anything on social media, calls 
calls you out. If you miss by half an inch in the winter, you know, forecast four inches and it's three and a half. The pitchforks come out. Oh, <laughs> man. It's, it's, uh, but the, and no one really uses the analogs it's, except for kind of, uh, you know, in, in tropical storms and, and hurricanes. Here, here are analogs of what this storm looked like 20 years ago and 30 years ago. But especially in the wintertime, when something starts to develop, you hear it all the time. The analogs for this storm are 1979, 2011, you know, and it's like, it's really just saying in this scenario with these similar atmospheric conditions, here was the end result. It's just kind of pulling a card. So that is the local knowledge effect, which is a meteorologist, or I'm not a, a licensed meteorologist. I'm a forecaster with uh, education in it and now experience, many years of experience, and it all translates to the same thing. Question for you. I mean, we hear a lot of times that the, uh, you know, the TV news or the TV forecasters and you and, and whatnot have talked about the European model and the GFS model and the Canadian model and everything else. And what one do you find for our area, and I'm sure it's probably different by area, tends to be more on the spot? Which one would you, just from your personal experience, give more credence to? Yeah, I do like the Euro, I think, uh, especially in the wintertime. Um, not not as much. As uh, President Trump used to like the Euro model, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Euro in the winter. There's a reason for this, John. It's uh, the Euro is uh, basically a conglomerate, right? It's, and so their European model is funded by X number of governments in, in that, you know, part of the world. And they, uh, and you could read about it. So that is, it. that is because it originates in Europe? It is, right? It's it's a it's a body of European governments and leaders or, or whatever, however it's structured. I, I'm sure I'm butchering it, but that's the general gist. And they put more money into it which means they have more servers and, you know, they just have more technology running their formulas and it equates to better results because they have more processing power is, is the gist. You can Google this and read about it. It's kind of cool and it makes sense. And so the U.S. is catching up in terms of how much money they're allocating and they're refining their models. And, you know, and so it's, it's a competitive game, but that's why their system is a little better. It's an interesting read, uh, but that's the high level of it. So I do like it a little better. But ultimately, you have to look at all of them and then make your own, you know, um, best educated okay. guess, right? And that's what it boils down to. But there are statistics for accuracy. This one's a little more accurate than the next. But Euro, GFS, then you have some short-term models, the the NAM and the... Uh, whatever they are, the, right. the HRRR, you know. The, so you, you have kind of long term, you just are looking for signals, anything more than really five days out. It's not that it's pointless, but you can't, you know, you can't book it and, and, and call it good. Uh, the, the real window for trying to be as accurate as possible is in that three to five day window. That's where you separate yourself uh, from competition, but also between you and yourself. That's that's the look in the mirror time frame to say at day four, this is what's going to happen. And if you're more accurate, uh, accurate more times than not in that window, then you're really good. It, anyone can do it in the 24 to 48 hour range. I mean, it's starting to show itself, right, you know, right. so. You try to be as good as you can, uh, certainly in the one to three day range, but it's in that three to five day window where it's you're, it's, that's the differentiator between you and competition. And because there's a lot of noise out there, a lot of people like myself kind of doing their own thing. And then there's broadcast, you know, there's the TV outlets and the radio stations. Sure. Right. And so it's a competitive landscape. 
George Young, thank you again for being around for us every single morning of the week. Five out of seven. That's five out of not seven. Bad, uh, yeah, this is year five run. for the, the DMV, so um, it's great. You want to go to dcmdvaweather.info Info. is the new website. And you want to make sure you get into the Google or Apple app stores and look up DCMDVA Weather and follow them on Twitter and Facebook because that's going to give you all the information for the weather that you're going to need here in Anne Arundel County from Severna Park out to Fort Meade, down to Galesville and Shadyside and all those yep. places down south that most people think is like Montana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And certainly, you know, Annapolis and, uh, and and beyond. I mean, the DCMDV weather. So you do get into the district a little bit, Northern Virginia. Yep. I find much more accurate than anything else that I'm seeing. And that's uh, it's probably a nature of what you do versus a television broadcaster that is broadcasting to a much larger area. So good. Uh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. It, it has been uh, a, a good run so far, you know, and it's been several years and we've, we're in year five for the, uh, our kind of partnership here. And I'm glad you're keeping uh, track. The accuracy <laughs> is good. You know, it, it's uh, certainly if I wasn't accurate, no one would, would follow it. So it's, it's important. I put a lot into it and it's fun to do. And I, I think it has a good value to the community. So going to keep doing it uh, as long as we can. Fantastic. Well, if you want to keep doing it, We'll keep having you do it. So, right. George, thank you very much. Have a wonderful holiday. Um, we Unfortunately, you know, because we're all this sort of remote things and everything else, we don't see each other that often. So have thank a wonderful you. holiday. You too. Again, dcmdvaweather.info is where you want to go. Yep. Download that app. Go onto Facebook and Twitter. Follow them. And you want to get onto his Facebook page and look for a contest fairly soon. Um, you could be tooling around with a new Ferrari in your pocket. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Literally. The the <laughs> Thanks a lot. Be well. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday. 